Trapcast Express. Tratcast Express, it's Thursday, August 17th, 2017. Cardinal Raymond Burke is in the news, once again lamenting the awful apostasy in his own church, without, however, denouncing the man who is clearly the chief apostate, Jorge Bergoglio, also known by his stage name of Pope Francis. On August 14th, The Wanderer published part two of a three-part interview with Mr. Burke, and the question of that formal correction of Francis came up again. You know, the one that he's been telling us about since November of last year is going to happen at some point. Here's what Burke said, quote, It seems to me that the essence of the correction is quite simple. On the one hand, one sets forth the clear teaching of the church. On the other hand, what is actually being taught by the Roman pontiff is stated. If there is a contradiction, the Roman pontiff is called to conform his own teaching in obedience to Christ and the magisterium of the church. The question is asked, how would this be done? It is done very simply by a formal declaration to which the Holy Father would be obliged to respond. Pope Francis has chosen not to respond to the five dubia, so it is now necessary simply to state what the Church teaches about marriage, the family, acts that are intrinsically evil, and so forth. These are the points that are not clear in the current teachings of the Roman Pontiff. Therefore, this situation must be corrected. So then, the next step would be a formal declaration stating the clear teachings of the Church as set forth in the dubia. Furthermore, it would be stated that these truths of the faith are not being clearly set forth by the Roman pontiff. In other words, instead of asking the questions, as was done in the dubia, the formal correction would be stating the answers as clearly taught by the church. Unquote. Okay, so, as you can see, it's really nothing to lose sleep over. Now, what I'd like to know is what makes Mr. Burke think that Francis would be obliged to respond to this formal correction? Who or what could actually oblige him? And if he can be so obliged, why wasn't he so obliged to respond to the dubia in the first place? You know, it really makes you wonder what these people who are getting excited about the prospect of this formal correction think this will actually accomplish. Do they not realize that a Roman pontiff can reject and condemn a declaration by cardinals? Do they not know that the Pope is the highest authority in the church and that he answers to no earthly authority? It seems to me like Francis isn't the only one here who needs to have some errors corrected. Anyway, we have a nice blog post about this whole issue up. It was published yesterday, August 16th, and is entitled Cardinal Burke's Latest on that formal correction of Francis. And you can find it at novosordowatch.org slash wire. And uh, staying for another minute on this whole topic of Amoris Laetitia and Dubia and Orthodoxy and all that, You know, another Novus Ordo Cardinal that is always portrayed as a great conservative defender of the faith is Gerhard Ludwig Müller, who until July 1st was the guardian of orthodoxy in the Vatican. Well, what you may not be aware of is that although he does indeed hold a Catholic position on the issue of refusing sacraments to publicly unrepentant adulterers, 
he denies a number of other dogmas. And uh, we've now looked into this a bit in depth, shall we say, and uh, published our findings. On Monday, August 14th, we put up an initial installment as part of our new blog post series called The Heresies of Cardinal Muller. The first part deals with his denial of the dogma of transubstantiation. Yes, Muller actually denies that dogma, and we prove it from several of his writings beyond the shadow of a doubt. For example, he says, quote, In reality, body and blood of Christ do not mean the material components of the man Jesus during his lifetime or in his transfigured corporeality. Rather, body and blood here mean the presence of Christ in the sign of the medium of bread and wine, which presence is made communicable in the here and now of sense-bound human perception. Just as before Easter, the disciples were perceptibly together with Jesus by hearing his words and perceiving him in a sensory figure in accordance with human nature, we now have fellowship with Jesus Christ communicated through the eating and drinking of the bread and the wine, unquote. Got it? Yes, we also look at those passages of Muller's where he appears to affirm transubstantiation and twists himself into a pretzel trying to escape condemnation, but to no avail. We dismantle and expose his clever Teflon theology where nothing sticks, and uh, you don't want to miss this, believe me. It's a lengthy post with lots and lots of documentation, including a number of passages from his original works that have never before been translated into English. So this is uh, definitely uh, an internet first, so you definitely don't want to miss this. Check it out at novosordowatch.org slash wire. Look for the August 14th, 2017 post. The Heresies of Cardinal Muller, Part 1, His Denial of Transubstantiation. In other news, Vatican Insider reports that the leaders of American Novus Ordo religious orders are working to persuade Francis to write an encyclical to promote nonviolence, which they claim is the gospel teaching, you know, gospel nonviolence. Yeah, you know, like that gospel where Christ went into the temple and seeing the money changers, he dialogued with them about it until they decided to leave. That one. Then, uh, fair warning, a new book on Francis has been announced, and it's entitled A Pope Francis Lexicon, to be released by Liturgical Press in 2018. Let me read you the publisher's description on that. Quote, a Pope Francis lexicon is a collection of over 50 essays by an impressive set of insightful contributors from around the globe, each writing on a specific word that has become important in the ministry of Pope Francis. Writers such as Sister Simone Campbell, Cardinal Blaise Supich, Cardinal Oscar Rodriguez Mardiaga, Father James Martin, Cardinal Louis Antonio Tegel, Anglican Archbishop Justin Welby, and Carolyn Wu explore the Pope's use of words like joy, clericalism, money, uh, family, and tears. Together, they reveal what Francis' use of these words says about him, his ministry, 
and priorities and their significance to the church, the world, and the lives of individual Christians. The entire collection is introduced by a forward <laughs> by a forward by ecumenical patriarch Bartholomew, the spiritual leader of Orthodox Christians worldwide, and a preface by one of Francis's closest advisors, Cardinal Sean O'Malley. Unquote. That really says all you need to know. The whole book is only 160 pages, thank heavens. And uh, I'll be honest, I'm particularly interested uh, to read uh, Father James Corkery's essay on the word sourpuss, which, uh, according to the publisher, is in that book. So, on the other hand, I am really annoyed that there is no essay in there on tenderness. Well, what are you going to do? Tratcast Express is a production of Novus Ordo Watch. Check us out at tratcast.org. And if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novosordowatch.org slash donate.